1: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at
0: TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Today's episode of the Believe It's Dealers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NFL free agency is in full swing. The Sweet 16 is also here in college hoops. Do you want to place a bet on any of the off-season or on-court action? BetOnline.ag is the place to do it.
1: Man, BetOnline rocking with the March Madness. I've been watching March Madness. It's been popping. BetOnline, don't forget, April the 16th, the USFL that's coming through. BetOnline will be on that as well. And if you just want to bet regularly on some stuff when it comes down to dealing sports,
0: make sure y'all go to BetOnline.ag. Use your mobile device or go to the desktop website, to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host mark bergen joined as always by my guy two-time super bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the pittsburgh steelers number 24 a sun-kissed ike taylor it how you doing this afternoon my man
1: just a tad man i'm glad to be back which i ain't seen you in a minute so since monday really so it's always good to see my dog mark bergen on the believe in the believing network
0: yeah I, I i hesitated because it's not just a podcast network anymore i'm still getting used to it the believe too- network we're everywhere we're on video, we're on audio. So it is still a podcast, but really it's it's more of a show. So I'm still getting accustomed to that as well.
1: No, I'm still getting used to it too. So we're both on the
0: same page. I got you, Ike. We have a loaded show today for the listeners and the viewers of today's Believe in Steelers show. Steelers Thanks. signed Miles Jack. We also have a massive Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders pay tribute to NFL reporting legend John Clayton and Juju Smith-Schuster's heading out of town, but we begin Deshaun Watson going to the Cleveland Browns. And I, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm going to go on record a tad concerned because the Steelers now have like the fourth best quarterback in the division at best. But I think the big thing looming over this trade with Watson is, is does he face a suspension? And if he does, How long will that suspension be? The Browns give up a haul to get the Texans quarterback. But what was your reaction to the trade, Watson, to the Cleveland Browns?
1: Contender. When I saw Deshaun Watson go to the Cleveland Browns, I was thinking contender. And the reason why I was thinking contender, I was thinking, well, since Baker Mayfield hasn't got picked up yet, that says a lot how the other NFL teams feel about Baker Mayfield. One, we saw what Deshaun Watson did when he went to Kansas City, if they would have held the ball a little bit longer instead of trying to outdo Patrick Mahomes, they probably would have had an opportunity to make the Super Bowl. And they had less talent at that. So now you now you send them over there to the Cleveland Browns. Their defense is okay. They're real good when they want to be because they got a lot of first round draft picks. We already know about the offensive line. The offensive line, man, is probably top five in the NFL. Then we get down to their tight ends. We get down to their tight ends. They're re-signing Joku. They put a tag on him. So there was always loaded at a tighter position. Now they're talking about bringing. Not only, not only did they get Amari Cooper, they got John's people Jones as a wide receiver for Michigan. He's been the dog quietly. Now they're talking about bringing Jarvis Landry back for a lower pay. So we shall see. And we ain't talking about Nick Chubbs and company and what they got and Kareem Hunt sitting back in that backfield. And you got a guy who can also run and he can make plays and he having that he never had this kind of talent surrounding him total on offense or defense and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> That's what I'm telling them boys, man, they can this right now because I see what they can do. They definitely got a talent. That's the one piece that was missing Mark. And that was that quarterback position. And they got a quarterback who can change their organization and Deshaun Watson.
0: All right. I, I got a counter here. 22 pending civil lawsuits against Watson. So we'll see how long he's going to be out because listen, the NFL conduct policy, we don't know the answer to that question. So that's out there. Number one, number two, who's Watson going to throw to Ike? Because you mentioned all these great receivers. Cooper's a nice route runner, but Austin Hooper is gone. A, A tight end that the Browns didn't properly utilize the last two seasons. Jarvis Landry ain't coming back, wanting to take a pay cut. He's been, I always make the analogy of sizzle and steak, Ike. And the marriage with OBJ and Cleveland didn't work out. But OBJ was always the steak. Jarvis Landry was the one who is the steak. OBJ was the sizzle. You want both ideally. But if I have to choose one, I'm taking Landry every single time for the reason being he plays 16, 17 games damn near every year. He's healthy. He's reliable. He's dependable. And now the Browns don't want to pay him. He ain't coming back to Cleveland. So, who's Watson going to throw to? Himself? And that's even if he gets on the field, Ike. So, I got to counter. Let, let's go back and forth a little bit here because I don't see this the same way as you do.
1: Mark, you saw what Deshaun Watson did when they had little to nothing.
0: DeAndre was- Hopkins is little to nothing in Houston.
1: So, we, we just said one. So, you put DeAndre Hopkins, and then I say Amari Cooper. Name Deshaun Watson, two running backs sitting in the backfield. Can you name a better offer Watson had in Houston? Can you even name can you even name a tight end that Deshaun Watson had? Deshaun Watson had in Houston. You can't. Can hey, you hang name?
0: Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're hey. also not accounting for the fact that the Browns will not have JC Treder as well, a very well respected veteran in that locker room. I know you still have got Wyatt Teller and Jack Conklin on that offensive line, but it's not going to be that same dominant Cleveland Browns offensive line we've seen through the last few seasons, Ike, because they don't have Treder at this point moving forward. I got a question for you, Mark. What team? What team? What, what team would you quarterback on if you was an NFL quarterback? The Cleveland Browns or the Houston Texans? Well, oh, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm everyone guessing. knows the answer to that. I no 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 no, 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 no I would I'm choose saying. the. I would right now going Why? into the twenty twenty two season. Why? I would choose the Browns over the Texans. Why? Well, okay. Why? You always mentioned coaching. I would much rather have Kevin Stefanski as a head coach than like I. I love Lovey Smith, but Lovey Smith is a defensive coach. If I'm a young quarterback in this league and I want to develop, I have a, I have a head coach who I believe in more and Kevin Stefanski right now, right now. And yeah, you've got two dogs in the backfield, but like it's, this is not, my point is, is this is not the same Browns rosters we saw the past two seasons where they should have made the playoffs this last season, given the talent. And they did the year before, they made the playoffs for the first time in like two decades. Mark,
1: and this probably not the best, roster the Cleveland Browns had in the past couple of years. It's the best roster that Deshaun Watson has ever been on. Totally, is what I'm trying to say. That's okay. what makes So Deshaun Watson now has a roster, a better roster than he ever had since he was in the Texans. So that's all I'm saying. And we saw what he did with an okay roster. Now you give him a better roster, a healthier Deshaun Watson, they're going to be cooking with gas all week for 17 weeks. And yes, he will have to appeal. So I'm thinking eight games, he's going to appeal for four. He'd be back in four games. I'm
0: calling. You heard it here first on the Believe in Steelers show. Everyone knows that Ike Taylor is a well-known psychic at this point, Ike. Uh, I will say this. Initially, I looked at this trade and I said, wow, well, the Texans got a haul, a 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick. A 2023 third round pick, first round pick in 24, and a fourth round pick in 2024. But the Browns only gave up one pick this year and two next year. The Browns still have five picks in the first 118 picks in this year's draft. Only two teams have more. That is the Jets and the Giants. So the Browns can still reload through the draft because while they gave up many picks to be able to trade for Watson, they still have a ton of draft capital.
1: Man, it's crazy when people be talking about first-round picks and second-round and third-round picks. If you don't have a good-ass GM, what the hell do them picks matter? If you have a GM who be busting on all the picks, that don't matter at all. And obviously the Cleveland Browns of late, they haven't been busting on none of the picks. The Houston Texans, they've been busting on all their picks. So it really don't matter. We can say first-round until we die. If you don't have that GM who knows talent, if you don't have good scouts who knows how to evaluate talent, it doesn't matter how many picks. You can have seven first-round picks. If them picks ain't up to the subpart time that you predicted to be because your GM don't know what he's talking about and he's not scouting and he's not putting his homework in, it really doesn't matter. So that's what I'm rocking all the way around for this total package. The Cleveland Browns is winning. When it comes down to the picks, they still got five, like you said. And when it comes down to a franchise quarterback, they got Deshaun Watson, who is a better upgrade than Baker Mayfield. And I love Baker Mayfield depth. He's just not that Super Bowl contended quarterback in my mind.
0: Okay, so let's go there in just a second, Ike. The Browns also signed Jacoby Brissett as well to back up, and Brissett might be the starter if Watson does face a suspension. Where does Baker Mayfield wind up after all of this, Ike? Because the three teams that I had, the Colts, the Seahawks, and the Saints, Colts traded today for Matt Ryan, and the Saints are going to re-sign Jameis Winston as well. The Falcons. So where where does Baker wind up, Mike?
1: He might wind up in Seattle, and that's gonna be the death of to his career. Cause we didn't see wow. we didn't see oh, we didn't see what the great Russell Wilson had to struggle with to get to what he got. He couldn't wait to get out of there and go to Denver. So you're gonna put Baker Mayfield with some okay talent. And that's the reason why the Cleveland Browns got rid of Baker Mayfield. They say, Bake, you got a lot of talent on this roster, man. We got to do better than the first round. In the first round of the playoffs you see what we're doing we see what we're trying to make and now they let them go but for me man i just thought baker mayfield it was an immaturity part off the field that's what yeah, i that... thought cleveland browns got discouraged about that's what i thought the cleveland browns kind of made up their mind like we can deal with you being okay but when you're immature and you so worried about what people are saying and you always want to counter back to them it's an issue because you're our franchise quarterback You're supposed to be our $230 million five-year quarterback, but we can't pay you because you're not buttoned up, because you're immaturity, not only since college, but even your years in the NFL that we had to deal with. And that's something we just can't do.
0: Yeah, Ike, I'm totally with you. If I could advise him, it would be like, just stay off social media. And one of the rules I have for my own page, Ike, is if someone has substantially less followers than I do, I don't really care what they think. I mean, like easier said than done, but it's just like, why are you putting out all these statements, thanking the city of Cleveland when you're still employed by the Cleveland Browns? Like that to me doesn't make any sense. Uh, There was a discord there in the middle of last season. I remember Mayfield, I think it was an NFL network interview he did with Kurt Warner where he was saying there's people within the Browns organization that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that didn't want to see him succeed. And it's just like, I think there's bad blood in the water there in the sense that it's like, why someone in that organization, whether it was the GM, the owner, the head coach that didn't say, hey, your your left shoulder's goofed up, you're not playing. And he tried to fight through. But if he would have just tried to do his job to the best of his ability and not just always talk, 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 and responded to media members, like that's all mental. I think most people would have been understanding like, hey, we understand that your shoulder injury is impacting your ability to play. Just try to do the job the best that you can at that point. And, like, you can't have a quarterback do what he did this last season and be the CEO of your franchise. So it's just like, and I thought we were beyond this with Mayfield because he did guide the Browns to the playoffs. He did knock off our beloved Steelers in the playoffs. And I thought he was trending in the right direction in his career. But when he decides to respond to, any media pundit or any kind of report or Colin Cowherd. It's like, dude, like I kind of use like the old school model, like Peyton Manning isn't even on social media. I yet. he's known all throughout NFL circles because he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he played. So it's like, that's what he Mayfield needs to focus on. And instead he just wants to, you know, respond to everyone on social media and get his message out there that way. And it's like, I get that it's a different era, but an athlete's brand is his athletic excellence. And that's why Mayfield is being judged the way that he is because the Browns didn't win at the same level as they had the season before when they made the playoffs and won a playoff game.
1: So like Cortez said, people don't care about your problems, they're glad you got them. So the fact that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl Amen. Over, The fact that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl over Tom Meniscus and you didn't find out until after he won it in the offseason... That's why they're looking at Baker Mayfield like they all of a sudden when you're not playing good, you're just going to throw out your shoulder to the media. People don't care about that. And that's what Baker should understand and he should already know. If People people would love to see Baker go out and you shut your critics up by balling and you're having good games consistently every week, all day, 17, 17 weeks out of the year when it comes to this football. Now, we understand you're going to have a week or two, maybe three weeks out of the year, when you're just not being Baker Mayfield. But the fact you're not being Baker Mayfield, the fact that you're talking, the fact that you're going out and telling the public that you're hurt, don't nobody kill. Because once you step on the field, they feel like you you can you can find a way to win. And that's what people look at with Baker Mayfield. Once you go to training camp, Mark, you would never be 100%. You're only 100% the day you walk into training camp. After you get through banging for that first practice, you're never 100%. So the fact they're looking at a lot of these other quarterbacks who would never say, they injury during the season, regardless of whether they're playing good or bad, they'll wait to the offseason. That's the same way looking at Bake. Like Bake, all you gotta do is keep your mouth closed and how you shut up your credits, you shut up your credits by balling every week. Baker gotta understand that part when it comes down to the quarterback position.
0: With you there, Ike, I think another possibility for him would be the Panthers. Now, Carolina does have the sixth overall pick in the 2022 draft. And I know Carolina had a huge contingency today at the Pittsburgh university of pittsburgh pro day for kenny pickett as well so that's a possibility there for carolina i think carolina would also be a possibility for mayfield but there aren't that many options left there are only so many starting quarterback positions that you could have and so ike we'll see what happens there but mayfield looks to be the odd man out and he he's not going to be back in cleveland and if somehow he is still on the bronze roster i would not expect him to suit up and pull the clipboard in year five of his rookie, his rookie deal. I'd imagine he'll be in another uniform in the 2022 season. So we'll see how all that shakes out. Uh, One other signing I thought that was worth mentioning before we get to Juju to the chiefs, Ike Cowboys, offensive tackle Lyle Collins to the Bengals helping upgrade The protection for Joe Burrow up front, Burrow sacked the league high 51 times this last season, sacked nine times in the road playoff win against the number one seed, Tennessee Titans. I think this is going to be one of those signings for the Bengals where we're not talking about it right now, but when Joe Burrow has another Pro Bowl season and leads the Bengals back to the playoffs, we'll be looking back on it and saying, wow, that was a pretty good signing for Cincinnati.
1: So the Bengals, they addressed all their needs. And he needs was the offensive line. So you get the center from the Patriots, you wind up side of the center. Then you get Lionel Collins. And Lionel Collins, I don't think people remember, he did play at LSU. So he he basically just going back home. So now he's with another another uh Cincinnati Bengals offensive lineman who went to LSU. Now he went Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase came from LSU. Now he went to head, Honcho with Joe Burrow. He from LSU. So you, you got four LSU guys sitting on the offense. And now they just feel like they're back in college again. So, yes, if you did listen to his interviews, he said, yes, Joe Burrow has a new security guard in town. And that's how, exactly how a lot of those calling feel. field. Maybe, maybe you need to change your sen- scenery. And maybe he understands your board because Lionel Collins, when you listen to his interviews, he was talking about the locker room. He was talking about the swag. He was talking about the LSU alumni. He was talking about how he felt how the Cincinnati Bengals went from okay to getting into the Super Bowl. He was talking about how overrated in so many words the Dallas Cowboys is. Like, they always have high expectations, but they never really get it done. So if you just pay attention to the words he was saying in so many words, Lionel Collins was like, man, I'm just glad to be back home. And for home for him now, it's a new home with the Cincinnati Bengals. And he's back with his brothers that he played with at LSU. So, yes, there's needs and wants. But what the Cincinnati Bengals did, what we talked about having 71 sacks throughout the course of the season, Joe Burrow was still making it to the playoffs. But now you address that offensive line, they did
0: exactly what they needed to do. They addressed their needs and not their wants. I like how you slip in the Dallas Cowboys slander, right? Because it's believing Steelers, I'll allow it. Juju Smith-Schuster to the Chiefs, Ike. And he gets a nice little one-year contract, $10.75 million. And he's going to get plenty of opportunities to eat, if you will, because of the attention drawn by Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, the way he fits into this offense, Ike. I cannot imagine a batter pairing with him and Patrick Mahomes and company. But I will say this, despite that Juju is gone, James Washington is now with the Cowboys. Ray-Ray McLeod signs with the 49ers. There's one position that our beloved Pittsburgh Steelers draft. Well, Ike, it's linebackers and it's wide receivers. So whatever ends up happening, whoever the number three receiver is going to be for Pittsburgh this upcoming season, I ain't concerned.
1: No, I'm happy for Juju, man. Congratulations to Juju. I know his mom was upset. She came on Instagram. She was very upset because she wanted Juju to be a Pittsburgh Steeler for life. If you know anything about Juju, before he went to USC, he was playing with the Snoop Dogg uh, AAU team. They was called the Pittsburgh Steelers because Snoop Dogg is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan as well, if you mm-hmm. didn't know. Now, on the other hand, Juju was in the perfect situation. He don't have to be the man because, for me, he was always not even Robin. He was Sonic the hedgehog, and that's how that was for me. So, when I looked at Juju, man, Juju understood, like, I thought I was the man with A.B. left. A B was getting all this attention. I had some of my best years. And I and, and I figured, man, I could be the man once A B leaves. Nah, it don't work like that. So damn, A B really must be that good. Cause A B not only did have one, two, sometimes three guys rolling to his coverage on my side. So me left one-on-one with a linebacker or a third corner. I'm gonna work their ass all day in America. Now when A B leave and you become the man, it's like, damn. I thought I was that number one. And I'm just being realistic. Now when he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Mark, it's like, man, you ain't even got to be one, two, or three. You can be number four. And for sure, you're going to Eric B. Enemy and Coach Andrew Reed, and you already know they know what to do with talent. So he's going to be the guy who's be moved. He's going to be the guy who moved the chains. He's going to bring that toughness to him. He's going to be that guy that said that ass. Not only Travis Kelsey, but he's definitely gonna be like a tight end when it comes down to that Kansas City Chiefs offense. So this is a perfect situation for Juju Smith Schuster. Juju will thrive in his offense because the offense coordinator knows exactly what to do with him. And he's gonna be the he's gonna be the third, maybe fourth option because you got Tyreek, you got Hardman, you got Travis Kelsey, then you got Juju. So they're gonna have a field there with this. So honestly, this was this was a blessing in disguise for Juju. He came back last year. Don't forget, he would have went to Kansas City last year, but he wound up coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now he finally got what he want for me in my mind. This is the perfect situation for Juju with KC because he ain't got to be the one, two, or three. He'll be the fourth receiver, and he's going to work sitting inside that slot in between the numbers.
0: Ike, can you explain what you meant by your Sonic the Hedgehog analogy?
1: So it's, it's Joker, is Batman, is Robin and signing. Signing like the fourth guy. So that's that's how I know. So I went from I went now. I'm telling my kids all I know the second genesis, if you know what I'm talking about, signing yeah. the so that's how I look at Juju right now. Juju will be the fourth option, depending on how a team game plan the offense with the Kansas City Chiefs, he could be the third. But by the end of the day, I think he will hold his stats. And when he first got into league, if he stay healthy, and he will ball out over there in the Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes and company.
0: See, I think he's more of a Knuckles guy, Ike. Instead of Sonic, Sonic is like the burner. I think Knuckles is more of the tough guy. So I, I like your I like your analogies, though. Ike. I had to clarify what the heck I, you meant for our listeners and viewers. I got you. I'll say this. I'm sad to see James Washington go. I think the Steelers didn't really properly utilize him, whatever. Ray Ray McLeod, nice player. I think he was asked to do a lot more than he was initially expected to do, primarily as the return man for the Steelers with injuries, COVID, whatnot. He was, you know, forced to step into a role. I'm not sure he was quite comfortable with. And the reason I say that is never scored a touchdown in two seasons with the Steelers. Like at some point you've got to get in the paint. And he just didn't do that. Happy trails to him. I hope he has a, a nice, long, successful career. But I'm excited to get some new blood in the receiving corps, Ike, because I like Deontay Johnson. I'm probably more bullish on Chase Claypool than most because I think Chase Claypool, everything from the neck down is solid. It's all just here mentally. So I'm excited to see who the Steelers can get at that third receiver position and bring some new blood into this receiving core Ike. The only other player I'm really going to miss too is I know that this spells the end for Joe Hayden as well. The extension to Akello Witherspoon really kind of sealed that for me. Uh, I think Joe Hayden will get one more bag. The numbers don't lie. 155 career passes defended. It's the most among active players. He's 32 years old. So whichever team signs him is going to get a solid veteran cornerback who at the top of his game can play at a Pro Bowl level. So curious to see where he winds up. I cannot imagine that'll be in Pittsburgh, though.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's going to take the training camp for Joe or before the season for Joe. Just guess to me. You know, because of his age, um, and he felt like Pittsburgh was home. He really did want to retire being a Pittsburgh Steeler, you know. And I feel like in my mind, he is a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he posted that catch against the New England Patriots to help, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers win that against Tom Brady and company. That was a hell of a catch. That's a hell of a picture. But, yeah, we, we talked about this on our show. That we didn't think Joe was going to be there. We thought the Pittsburgh Steelers was going to go young. And I said this on the show as well. Witherspoon need, was one of the guys the Pittsburgh Steelers needed to sign. No, when it come down to James Washington, man, James, man, I feel as much as I wanted him there, I feel like Dallas is a better fit for James. I feel like people respect him more. Dak will respect him more along with Gallup and C.D. Lamb sitting over there. I feel like uh, even Dan had had, had had tweeted something out on social media, like, you know, James Washington, you know, the Dallas Cowboys got him a hell of a receiver because Dallas Cowboys, they lost two receivers and Amara Cooper and Cedric Wilson sitting over there as well. So... That's what I like about James Washington. I think sometimes you do need a new scenery. And as much as I wanted James Washington to sit in Pittsburgh, I agree with you 100%. Mark, they didn't, use, they didn't utilize him well, and I think he would drive. And I know Dez went to uh, Oklahoma State as well, so he's always going to vouch for his boy. But um, when you want to talk about a guy with strong hands, Mr. Clutch really didn't get a, a lot of opportunities and targets, but he always came on time. That was James Washington, and Dak and company will see how strong and how good this young man is when it comes back, when it comes down to combat catches, as we so say in the NFL. Um, McLeod, I think McLeod, that's going to fit perfect for him. I didn't, I didn't think the Pittsburgh Steelers knew how to utilize him. When you come down to the San Francisco 49ers, they see McLeod as a uh, as, as a Debo Samuels kind of little brother, so say. a guy who Debo
0: Light, tough. Debo Light.
1: Yeah, uh, there you go right there, Debo Light kind of guy. So they see a guy who's good with gadgets, He's fearless. He don't mind running between the tackles. He's always going to get the first out. And I think this might be a breakout year for him with Coach Shanahan. So, you know, sometimes, man, the change is good. And I think with these two guys we just named between Jay's Washington and McLeod, man, those guys have went to a system that fits them perfect because them
0: offensive coordinators like and use them guys all the time. Ike, we're going to take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens – When you take this supplement, you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, and adaptogens to start your day right. It helps with gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy. So a lot of benefits to taking the supplement Athletic Greens. Excited to have them on as a sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show.
1: When I want to keep it mean and clean, you best believe, man, Am I Smooth, I damn sure put the Athletic Greens as one of my supplements in my smoothie, So there you go.
0: Ike, you're the best ad reader. Like I always need a few reps with the new ad reads. We're (laughs) excited to have Athletic Greens, but you're the absolute best. (laughs) Reclaim your health and your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe that's on your screen right now. That's athleticgreens.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. Important disclaimer. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Ike, the Steelers have a new linebacker in Miles Jack, and I know we advocated for Bobby Wagner, but I'll tell you what, Miles Jack is a little bit younger, and that two-year $16 million deal is very team-friendly as well. I think Kevin Colbert just said to himself, well, shoot, I think I just got the wrong Jaguars linebacker the first time, insert Miles Jack, and I'm very excited to see this Steelers run defense improve. Miles Jack, 26 years old. I thought it was heck of a signing. What say you, Ike Taylor?
1: You know Cam Haywood, man. If you pay attention to Cam Haywood, he said he'd be recruiting a few guys from the offensive tackle from Chicago to Miles Jack, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if one of your play, if one of your teammates is recruiting you, obviously he gotta get out. He feel like you can fit and be a Pittsburgh Stillers. But I do know about Miles Jack sitting and coming from uh, USC. You know, I got a chance to meet this guy. Um, my personal opinion, I think Miles needs to lose a little bit of weight, but when you want to talk about being instinctive and just love the game of football, I just think that's just Miles Jack. Um, a change of scenery again for him will be good. He, he's never been to an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and when you come to an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers, all we do is throw up the Ws, and that's win a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. A so it's just very contagious. So that's going to set him straight. He's going to show them pretty teeth that he's got – every day, all day when it comes down to the press conferences because he's going to be glad, man. I'm, I'm sitting at an organization. I'm sitting in the city where we just winning all the time. So I got to get my teeth clean just like him, man, because his teeth is pearly white. But anyway, man, I think Miles Jack for that addition to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, that was a need. That was a want. And they did address it in the offseason. And they wind up getting a good, guy, a good guy for that fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers with the help of Cam. But talking about Kevin Colbert, Kevin Colbert is going all out with a bank before he leave. And you can see, so he wants one more ring under his belt with the guys he's getting through free agency and doing the draft.
0: We tried to tell you a week ago, listeners and viewers, that there was going to be an odd man out if the Steelers brought in a linebacker. Joe Schobert is cut. It clears $7.8 million in salary cap space. A lot of other signings I like, too. James Daniels, an offensive guard who's going to help solidify the Steelers' offensive line. He could play on the right or left side. I think you keep Dotson at the left guard position. Daniel's played at the right guard position this past season for the Chicago Bears with David Montgomery and company. I like that he has familiarity with new quarterback Mitch Trubisky as well, a familiar face. Re-signing Akello Witherspoon as well, Ike. But I'm excited about this. The Steelers do have – well, let's talk about those other signings, then we can talk about the, the priorities of what the Steelers still need to do this offseason. but what did you make of the Daniel signing? would you make of the re-signing of Akella Witherspoon? Take this in any direction you'd like, Ike.
1: Um, I think all the signings, you know, pretty much was a good sign. Um, I still think, and hopefully they'll address this during the draft, Mark. They still got to get a D tackle and they still got to get DN. end. Um, hopefully, two will come back 100% healthy, but you just never know. But I think with that running game, when teams really did want to run, um, Even though Cam is willing and able to do the job, he you need a body type guy. You need a guy who's 320, pounds who can just sit at that D tackle. So I do think they need to address that. They wind up addressing their safety position as well. You know, so they let a few guys walk for the Pittsburgh still with that safe position. And they wind up getting Kettlebrook sitting back. And I do like Kettlebrook sitting at that safety position, you know, with uh, Micah Fitzpatrick as well. So, and wind up addressing the cornerback position. So for me, it will be the outside linebacker in that tackle position. Of course, you know, they're going to sneak and they're going to draft a wide receiver. You can be like, who the hell is this guy? He wind up going to have like 600 yards as a rookie. And you can be like, oh, goddamn, I forgot. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. They just draft wide receivers. And most of them just go to the Hall of Fame. And I think they need to draft a scat back sort of kind of running back to to kind of co- compare with, uh, Najee, with Najee sitting in the backfield. So you got a power guy. And you can have a guy who can come out of the backfield and create a lot of mismatches with the one-on-ones. So that's what I think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do as well. And you just never know, man. This might just be a band aid for the folk in the road, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, with Mitchell Trubisky. They might just wind up getting the quarterback if he's just sitting there. They might just wind up trading. You just never know. I guarantee you, man, Kevin Colbert wants to go out with a bank, and I think he will. So don't be surprised if the Pittsburgh Steelers get a quarterback in the first round.
0: Wow. I would be very surprised if that happens, Ike. In all honesty, because for me, mentally, I'm already like, what happens next offseason, whether through free agency trade or the draft next offseason, just considering the Steelers pick at number 20. Uh, Steelers priorities in some order. I've got six written down, Ike. What do you do with Minka Fitzpatrick? Probably lock him up long term. Who's the starting strong safety if Terrell Edmonds decides to walk? Get a second running back. Najee Harris needs a Robin to his Batman. You cannot expect him to have 300 plus touches, virtually no fumbles and expect him to remain healthy and fresh throughout the course of a full other season. I mean, I know he's going to be the bell cow, but find someone else who can spell Najee and can be a scat back a compliment to him slot receiver as well, which we talked about a little bit earlier. And then depth along the defensive line and edge rushing position. So defensive tackle, and then, and another edge rusher to help compliment TJ Watt and Company as well. So that's in some order, I think, what the Steelers still need to do, whether again, that's through free agency or April's draft. And Ike, I'm really excited to talk to you really starting in April, we're really going to get into our draft coverage of the positional breakdowns, top five at each position. So I know we've teased that in previous shows. That is coming in April. And when we get to talk about top five position group by position group. I know you get to put your GM hat on. I know you love watching film, you're a film junkie. I'm really excited for that here next month.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. April, April is the month for us. April is when our show really oh, yeah. kick off for me. Um, actually, I've been kind of doing my homework three weeks ago, so I'm just ready and prepared. So I can't wait for April to come. Um, I've been excited. You know, I always feel like I'm a GM in my mind. You know what, matter of fact, I am a GM. I'm just waiting for the right time opportunity. And we'll take this uh, belief network to a whole nother level. But, yeah, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, we're both on the same page. Your priorities might be a little bit different when you want to categorize it from one to seven. But we're still saying the same thing in so
0: many words. You've already done your reading and your homework before we even got the syllabus. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, you know, I still get some – I still get a lot of results on my email on who's coming out and times and stuff. So I still got, like, a
0: little cheat code, you know. Uh, I see. I see. All right. Devontae Adams to the Raiders Ike in the AFC West keeps getting better and better. I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Eric. He's a huge Packers fan. This trade just about broke his brain and it wasn't just the trade. It was the massive contract that Adams got as well. I want to go through some quick winners of this trade. Obviously, Derek Carr somewhere on the planet. The Raiders quarterback should be doing cartwheels. And this to me signaled that the Raiders are going to try to lock up Carr long term because he is in the final deal of his, the final year of his contract with the Raiders. So Carr played with Adams at Fresno State. He's a big winner. The other teams in the NFC North, I'm talking about the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings get the best receiver in the league out of their division. I also think this helps Tom Brady because it weakens the Packers one of the main contenders in the NFC to the Buccaneers. And also CBS benefits from this as well, because CBS typically, typically broadcasts the AFC games. The AFC West is just going to be an absolute gauntlet. Like, if, I'm I'm honestly not sure that could all four teams from the AFC West make the playoffs because one of them is going to be left out. And I still, I still think that like the fourth best AFC West team is going to be better than pretty much any other team in any other division specifically in the NFC Ike. So those were the winners that I saw in the Devonte Adams trade.
1: Yeah. So Devonte going to the Raiders, you know, he just felt like he was back home um, when you FaceTime and, when when, when Derek Carr and his brother and his brother gets on TV, he says, you know, Devontae always been family. So this goes back to the Fresno State days. This goes back to the days in the offseason when, you know, when Derek and Devontae was working out with David Carr, when he was with the Houston Texans or even when he was with the network. So that's how long this goes back. So they really made a push. And the crazy thing about it is the Green Bay Packers offered – you know, Devontae Adams will money. He said, nah, but I want to go with my people over there with the Raiders. I look better in black and black and silver. That's exactly how he felt. So you can just tell by his body language. You can tell by the smile on his face. You can just tell, man, he was just kind of glad to get out of Green Bay, you know, he, even though, and he didn't say a word. They, they didn't resign him to a long deal. He asked, for, he asked for a long-term deal last year. They wind up waiting, and they wind up biting him in the butt. He wind up going to the Raiders with his homeboy slash brother and Derek Carr. Derek Carr is very happy. David Carr is very happy. The the Raiders damn they got the best receiver in the game right now. Depending on who you ask, but in my mind, I think he is. Um, so this just this this just a a great upgrade for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. But bro, you can't forget it's it's three divisions where it's just smash mouth football, and for a couple of years, we just gonna be talking about playoffs or rotating trophies. We're talking about the NFC West, we're talking about the AFC North, and we're talking about the AFC West. When you look at them three divisions and when you look at the teams, it's going to be six teams coming from the AFC North in total, six teams out of the AFC North and the AFC West. It just matters who's in third or fourth position between the AFC North and the AFC West, depending on what the record is and who they want out of the AFC. When you want to talk about the NFC West, man, I mean it's just wide angle say it's wide open, but it's it's gonna be good. That's why Tom Brady came back. Tom Brady was like, Damn man, Russell went to the AFC and Russell went to the AFC, so all I gotta do is play, you know, Dak. All I gotta do is play Dak and uh and Matthew Stafford. Man, I ain't tripping, man. Hey mama, I promise you, I get this, I get this seven eighth ring, I got something cooking for you in the bank account, baby. And Miss Giselle said, baby, go ahead on, I got you this the last year though, so I see why Tom Brady came back. One, because he saw how the NFC was rocking. Two, them kids were getting on his nerves. They must have been bad as hell at the crib. So I totally understand that. But man, when you talk about the Las Vegas Raiders, I really do think that's a good fit. Not a good fit, I'm lying. That's a great fit. I think he feels like he's back at home because he is a West Coast guy. He is from California and he's right down the street from LA. So man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of grease. A lot of fried food when it comes down to the offense. Them boys going to be begging for the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: <laughs> I, I think that this Raiders offense benefits because it was not the same offense after Henry Ruggs got cut following his was a DUI arrest and crash and everything. Too The offense wasn't the same without Ruggs on the field. You now get a true number one receiver in Adams. You could see that offense cook and run effectively again with this trade for Devontae Adams. And I still think that the Green Bay Packers have something up their sleeve because they re-sign and sign Aaron Rodgers to a massive contract extension. You know, how do you do that if you don't bring Adams back or at least have some sort of plan to make sure that Rodgers remains satisfied in Green Bay? So I still think there are going to be some moving parts with all of this.
1: Yeah, it is definitely going to be some moving parts, Mark. Don't forget, they did offer, you know, Devontae Adams more with Green Bay. Devontae just wanted out. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, word on the street is they offered a man 25 million more. Devontae was just like, nah, I'm straight. I want to go to the West Coast. So that's exactly what he did.
0: Yeah. Ike, before we sign off here, we need to pay tribute to a legend. The professor John Clayton died this past week, and he was an absolute titan in the NFL reporting world. Most people know him from his reporting days on ESPN, just his insight. Uh, he has maybe one of the best this is Sports Center commercials of all time saying, you know, hey, mom, I'm done with my segment. And and it's just the absolute best. But uh, I know he covered the Steelers for like a decade. I wanted to ask you if you had had any interactions <laughs> with the legend, John Clayton.
1: Yeah, he took me on this wing. You know, I got I got R.I.P. John Clayton. I still got his phone number on my phone, you know, so while I was with the network, while I was still in the league, while I was just trying to hone my skills when it come down to broadcasting and being on TV or radio, you know, he kind of walked me through it. And we did interviews every year in the offseason. That's exactly what we did. It was it was between him and Ed Warner. Between Ed Warner and you know, R.I.P. John Clayton, man, that's the two guys I was talking to, either during the season or during the offseason. That's my two OGs. So, yeah, he, 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 taught me, he taught me a lot. And one of the things he taught me was, if you think you're talking fast, slow down. If you think you're talking slow, talk slower because people need to understand and they need to hear what you're saying. He said, Ike, you got a heavy accent. You're from New Orleans, and when you talk fast, I damn that can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> so understand when you're on TV and when you're on radio, make sure you slow it down a little. So that was words of wisdom. That was a great advice for me when John Clayton told me that. But yeah, RP, John Clayton, he's a real live OG. So rest in peace.
0: Like that's tremendous. I had no clue you had that kind of interaction with him. What were some of your conversations like? Like, what are some of the things that you would talk about when you talk in the offseason? Oh, we
1: were just talking about what the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do. I think, I think a lot of people, when they talked to me, when it came down to the uh, to the games before, when I had these meetings with them, right before the game, I broke down everybody on our team, where they're from, what they did, and my thoughts, whether it was my team or the opposing team. So that's when I was like, okay, this guy really could be a damn GM because he's breaking down everybody, not only stats, but where they're from and exactly how they feel, where they're good at, where they're not good at. And I'll break it down in my kind of terminology. And you know this, Mark. So they they kind of like that. And then when I got on with the uh, with the announcement and with the Al Michaels and, and those guys and I said, swagger you," that kind of blew everything up too. They was like, dang, that's, that's the name of his school, swagger you. So this guy's a little bit different. So just being around those guys, man, just trying to pick their brain, include John Clayton, just pick their brain on what they think I need to work on, how do I get on TV, why do I get on TV, what do I need to do? And that was like, to be honest with you, just be yourself. Because there's so many people, when they get on the tube, they just try to turn into somebody else. And people who watch and view that, they don't want to see that. They want to see that person. So that's what I'm doing with the Believe in Network. So I'm just being me, you being you. That's why we get the views that we're getting. And there you go, man. A couple of more years, we're gonna be a hundred million dollar guys when it comes down to this Believe Network. Believe, I'm telling y'all, we're calling it right now. Manifest.
0: (laughs) You heard it here first from the psychic Ike Taylor. I tell you, you're the absolute best. I want to thank the Believe Network. I want to thank our show producers over at Brink's TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz. And the crew over there, today's sponsors of the Believe in Steelers show, Bet Online and Athletic Greens. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of Believe in Steelers. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day.
1: Yeah, Yo, big shout out. Big, big shout out to the Believe Network for giving Mark and I opportunity. One thing, miss Courtney and her crew over there at Bruce TV, for just setting everything up for us and making us look all professional and stuff. Man, like they said, with the old people, man, when your hand is itching, that means you got money coming. So, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. And before you even take two steps out of the bed, maybe 10 steps, I'm guessing, man, make sure y'all get y'all some of them athletic greens to get your day started messing with them. So, go, go to athleticgreens.com, um, dot believe, and make sure if your hand is itching, you stick it to betonline.ag. Egg
0: Taylor, you're an absolute fool. For Egg Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. <laughs> Thank you for listening and watching the Believe It's Dealer show. We will see you next week. Until then, take care. So long, everybody.
1: Uh, Peace.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger